Yo, this is the Country Football Star League Radio Year 46 preseason show. Okay, so we're getting ready to look at every conference we possibly can. And let my let my my partner go first. So, partner, what are you seeing out of where your station? So I'm here in the Northern Cliffs Conference area, and we've got a couple teams that are looking pretty good for year 46 to take home a couple trophies or compete for a couple trophies. Um, last year's really huge competitor out of um, the Northern Cliffs Conference, it was the East Park for Eagles, and no, it was the it was it was the West Park for Eagles this year. It, it's going to be the East Park for Eagles. Um, or the East Park for Bulldogs and the West Park for Eagles. They're gonna they're gonna meet in Northern Coast Conference Showdown, uh, probably week six or week seven this year. Um, but then you gotta look out for Aaronville and the Aaronville White. I mean, they're a tough team. They're they're gonna be one of the hardest teams to defeat as far as coming out of this conference. They'll probably take an L or two, but as far as postseason play, they're gonna be a really hard team uh, to defeat if they get in. Um, Northern Cliffs Conference, they've you know. In the earlier years, they were putting out four, maybe five teams out of this conference, and teams have left out of this conference. Teams have um, moved on. Um, but we're looking at who's the Northern Cliffs Conference got this year. Number 32, running back, dash linebacker, 1,100 rushing yards last year, 16 touchdowns for his junior season um, as a JV captain, and he also had 67 tackles with eight sacks. He's going to varsity. This is last year. Everybody... Everybody knows the rules of RC. It's going to be hard if you don't go to one of those schools to make it until senior year. Um, so another junior hardworking because all these schools are filled up. Um, so you're looking at East Parfer. They've also got a transitioning junior class to varsity, and it's led by their fullback slash running back slash defensive lineman, defensive end, number 34. And he picked up 1,200 rushing yards 20 touchdowns, and then 52 tackles last season. Um, and he's also got a huge O-line, averaging 6'3". They're 6'3 on the O-line average. Um, those kids are about two – young men are about 250, 260. They're, they're just a hard team to really push and pull. Then you look at West Parfer Eagles and their quarterback, 3,300 passing yards, 38 passing touchdowns, four interceptions all through his junior campaign. Let's talk. Let's let's really take an honest look at his sophomore numbers: 2,600 yards, 26 passing touchdowns, five interceptions. And freshman, of course, just grazing over 1,600 passing yards, 18 touchdowns, six picks. He's used to the Northern Cliffs Conference football. He's played some non-conference game scrimmaging, um, but it's not going to be really that fundamental of a football team outside of the Northern Cliffs Conference. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to take that in. Thanks a lot for that one, and uh, we'll get back to the NCC later. Back out of West Park for what's his number? Number sixteen. Another senior quarterback for them. Uh, and that legendary golden blue and black and white, they're a really tough team at West Parfer. Nobody's doubting that they have the talent to do what everybody's saying they're going to do, which is take home an NCC Conference Championship and probably take home a sectional title. If they get put in the right place, they should. Who they're going up against in sectional, um, if it gets fit that way, 
is in this conference, the Northern Flatlands Conference. We're getting ready to take a look at that right now. Okay, so we're here in the Northern Flatlands Conference. We've got our guy. He's there. Tell us, guy, what's going on in the Northern Flatlands Conference? This year, it's looking like it's going to be a four-way race to conference championship. Of course, Swifttown Cardinals, then the Swifttown Christian Cardinals. Then you go across a couple states and you run into the Parsimon in that community, and the Panthers are led by their extremely good coaching and their average of six wins a year um, is not coming to a halt this season. Um, then you've got in the Parsimon Catholic Panthers and they're more the press down exclusive team. People are looking for to get to even if you're in Swifttown you want to head over to Parsimon and if you're in Parsimon you Want to stack up as many trips as you can and try and get your child in a Parsimon Catholic and enroll them in their school system before they put them on the varsity club, get them on the freshman JV team. Um, Parsimon, they have taken in a huge transfer this year, a transfer wide receiver from Malangu, 1,100 receiving yards as a sophomore, 800 yards as a junior. Malangu's really been falling off in the North Central Conference, and... They're coming here to Parsimon Catholic. It's going to be a tough show for this um, Panthers offense. Let's take a look. Swifttown Cardinals, just a stack of O-line and running backs. You know, they've had their 1,000-yard kids come and go. This is another group of kids looking to produce a lot of good numbers, and people are saying, yeah, they can and cannot do it. So it's really the cost of the, to uh, the toss of the coin, and who's going to be on the side? Then you look at Swifttown Christian, very, very – talented very talented scout coaching set as far as you look at the teams that they scout and the scores they put up against teams they scout a very tough scouting team something you don't see you see a lot of raw talent you see a lot of good essential aesthetics players and all different types of things that are going on with other schools but with Swifttown Christian you're looking at teams they scout and who they play as far as sectionals and districts, they have them very scouted. Um, then you look at the Parsimon Catholic, or yeah, the Parsimon Catholic team. Another quarterback dash safety combo they're working on this year. Last year on JV, this Parsimon Catholic quarterback, 38 total touchdowns and 3,600 offensive yards, not to mention 40 plus tackles and three interceptions on defense. This is his last year. He did play some varsity as a junior last year, um, helping his team, you know, hand the ball off to the running back when the quarterback was needing to take a break or it's been a couple of games in a row. He's been on the field so consistent. He's been doing some of those things. Now it's his time to rise and do what he's supposed to do. What's going to happen with Parsimon Catholic? People are saying they're going to be an 8-1 or 9-0 team coming out of here. It looks it's going to be that way. I don't want to argue with it. Um, there's nobody else really in the NFC that's going to compete with Parsimon Catholic as far as if it's not Swifttown or Swifttown Christian or Parsimon. All right, thanks for that. Um, now we're going to head to one of the northern area premier conferences. Conference is the Northern Cliffs Conference. History. This is a historical conference, and it all goes back to I really want to go back and let's talk about year one. Let's talk about the year one country football star league and how a team predominantly white, they went to the national championship, which is the name of the community, predominantly white. 
the predominantly white Colts went to the national championship and they took on the Gold Beach Pirates and they played a 35-28 national championship game and Gold Beach won and Parsimon Catholic, they ended up having the player of the year that year um, despite the amicable talent for Gold Beach. But um, pre-dom, you know, they sat, they went back to the national championship the following year representing the North. This is the best team in the North for a long time. They went to the national championship the following year in year three and just were completely blown out. But year two, you know, same thing for year two, same teams met. Um, and it was a 35-28 game, same score. Following year, Sander Ling Hills versus predominantly white uh, national championship game. Sander Ling Hills completely dominated predominantly white. They didn't even get the poi out, and they won at the poi that year so bad. It was a record-setting year for predom. And predom ended up not going back to a national championship until I think it was in here. We're, we're right here with the numbers. Predom did not take home a national championship until year number 32. Um, and people are like, whoa, whoa, that's a big deal. But when you take a look at Predom's history as far as winning and playing football, year 26 player of the year, year 27 player of the year, um, Year 32, when they won their national championship, they didn't have the player of the year. They beat the team that had the player of the year. So they, it's kind of like what reflected to you happened back to you for pre-dom. So this is year 46, and the pre-dom Colts, they've got three, they've got, um, three national runner-ups. No, they've got four national runner-ups, and they have two national championships. In year 26 and year 27, they won the, their national championships those seasons and uh, they had the player of the year in those seasons both different players year one they had player of the year now 26 and 27 they have two national championships in three they have two national championships in four go so predominantly white this is really the premier team of the northern central conference everybody's expecting these guys to do what it takes to get there and what what's up with predominantly white Colts what's going on with them this year They've got a quarterback coming in, number six, senior JV last year, 51 total touchdowns on offense, including 51 of them on the ground, 3,400 rushing yards and 400 yards passing with no picks. I mean, he's got experience to put the ball in the air. That's what it takes, but you've got to stop this tough pre-dom O-line, 6'4", kids, the fullbacks, running backs all over 6'1". Quarterback's probably going to be 6'3 this year. I think that's what they said. He is 6-3 defense. Predominantly white Colts. 26 turnovers forced last year on their JV team. All those kids are on varsity now. This is the varsity season. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough football. What's what's their schedule looking like? I really, you know, we looked at some teams. We talked about West Predom. Or we talked about West Parfer. We talked about Parsimon Catholic. But I really want to know what's Predom schedule this year. What's it looking like? All right, well, when we go to the drawing board, what the coaches put out, this is it. This is year 46 um, schedule for the predominantly white Colts. They've got week one at home against Southwest Predom, then week two on the road at Land Flat, then week three on the road at Capture Capital. Week four, they come back home against Oakland Don. Week five, at home against Tormund Northern County. Week six, they're going to Malangu. Week seven, they're going to Mannington East. 
Week 8, they're playing Roos. In Week 9, they're playing Tormund. So that's going to be a tough schedule. You're looking at, as far as your district, you're looking at a couple top 50 teams. Um, But when you leave outside of your market where you play football at, and you don't even play football where your conference is where most of your conference is located, like the hotbed of your conference, you don't play football there. You don't play north, like directly, maybe 200 or 150 miles north of the plains, but you do play north of the plains. So the thing about predom, you can get seven wins or six wins and go play east, and go play in this, and go play east, go play in the southern part of the east, but you'll have to move to the, you'll have to go to the mountains. You'll have to play in the mountains. And if you're predom, you could take that I'm in a different conference in the Plains excuse and you could go west and you could play west but you have to play northwest first and northwest is probably going to be gone and teams in the west probably are going to want to play in the south and you look at teams in the east they're probably going to want to go to the central if you're pre-dom you don't want to go to the central because that's very very where you're at as far as the mindset of playing football you don't want to play teams with a similar mind that you have that early you do not want that yeah and the thing about it for me is you're looking at pre-dom and you're saying, okay, we've got Southwest beat. We've got land flat beat. You don't know that at all. You don't know that. Yeah, Southwest has only beaten pre-dom three times historically. So it's a 43-3 and three overall rival. Um, they've only beaten them how many times? Five. Okay, so they've beaten them only five times. 41-6 and six overall. 40. I think it's 40-5 and five overall. Yeah, 40-5 and five overall this year. You you probably got that game wrapped up, but what are you going to be doing with your quarterback? That's what a lot of these historically teams, historically these teams at Predom have wondered. Like they've put their quarterbacks. Yeah, some games he's gotten eight picks or eight touchdowns. Some games he's gotten six touchdowns. Some games he's played five. If you look at the Predom years where the quarterbacks got six a game, he's got the national championship. You look at the Predom years where the quarterbacks got three a game, he doesn't even have a postseason trophy. But if you look at the years where the quarterbacks got eight. He's got a trophy. He's been to places. Do you want to go somewhere? Or do you want to take him a national championship? And if your quarterback for pre-dom is not looking out to grind and grind and grind with each team in this conference, you're not going to make it this year. What about the rest of the NCC? I love what's going on in the NCC. Well, Land Flat, they're, they're bringing in a pair of linebackers, 70-plus tackles, each linebacker, and that's really their highlight of the defense. Combined, they had nine sacks and four picks. You look at Capital Capital, yeah, they got three backs that are over 1,000 yards rushing, but one of them is your quarterback. One of them is a fullback. The other one, the running back, he's not as consistent getting the ball. He's not a down-for-down down back. You're proving that game in and game out. But the Capital Capital running back with a 1,000-yard with a rushing quarterback also has a quarterback that has thrown for over 1,000 yards himself. And uh, that's pretty good. That's what you really, really need. You need a quarterback that's going to throw the football 12 picks, four, uh, 12 touchdowns, four picks. Capital Capital conservative passing football team. That will attriculate to a positive season. Let's take a look at Oakland on. Oakland on centers out of the South Division and the NCC, um, along with Lane Flat and Capital Capital. Uh, they are another 14 to 1600 yard running back with 20 plus touchdowns until they get that O line tight end passing from the quarterback consistent. They're going to be stuck. They're going to be stuck behind Land Flat and the linebackers. They're going to be stuck behind Torman and the linebackers. They're going to be stuck behind um, Predom and the element of surprise. They're going to be stuck behind Gavelot in the tight end play. They're going to be stuck behind Rush in the quarterback um, option keeping there. And they're definitely going to be stuck behind Malangu 
and Roos. Um, as far as throwing the football, those teams are throwing the football tremendously, and um, that's going to be hard for any one of those teams to do. Now let's take a look at Mendomination, just a team that's in the south along with those three. They've got a tight end that went for 1,400 receiving yards and had 78 tackles this year. This is his senior year. He's really the watch-out player as far as pre-dom goes in this conference. You want to watch out for um, domination this year. They're going to be tough to play. You've seen Tormund Northern County, and you've also seen Tormund, both teams in the South Division, come out and do things, make very long runs. This predominantly, or this domination Golden Cyclones team out of the South, is going to make a long run if they do their job in conference. And that's why I stress in conference play and playing in your division is so tough. Men Domination has, let's see, three, two, three. They've gotten six division games to play this year, two non-division games to play. If you're Men Domination, who do you want to play in the NCC? If you go five and one division or four and two division, or even six and zero, oh. you don't want to split and go three and three. You want to go six and zero oh plus. So you want to go with the upgrade. You want to go over five hundred. Your men domination. Who are you going to play in the north? As far as non division football, if it were up to me and I was the coaches and they're telling me, yeah, coach, we need you to decide who you're going to pick. I'm going with. The Gavelot targets, because they've had, I don't understand how Gavelot, they put up points against Predom. That's one thing. They put up points against everybody. The next thing is they have a tough defense. They will make you go three and out, game in and game out. And if they aren't consistent passing and catching the football, they're going to pass the football. They're not going to turn the football over. But if they're not catching the football, if they're not moving the football and catching it on the ground and through the air, they're going to lose the game. And I think that's the perfect test for men domination someone who's in the mirror with me who can i compare myself to after six games uh, this is going to be a tough game this is going to be a tough game and it's not two division games it's three uh non-division games that men domination has to play so i'd play gave lot okay i'd play gave lot immediately the next team in the north i would play i have you know, options. I can decide. Do I want to play Rush? Do I want to play Roos? Do I want to play Mannington East? Do I want to play Malangu? Do I want to play Owendale? You've got so many teams to decide who you want to play. It's going to be a toss-up, but I would look for the Gavelot lock-in. Give me a Gavelot lock-in game and give me one of those five at, as a road game. I don't want to go to Gavelot in week eight. I don't want to go to Gavelot week seven and play them. It's too cold. It's too tough an environment. I don't want to go there at all. Next, I want to have pre-dom as a week nine game or a week four or week three game. I want to play them early. I want to see what they're about this year, and I want to have preparation if I have to see them again, and I'd like to see them again in a sectional. Who knows what those first two conferences can do this is something tough for men domination they have to move in and take this it's their year to win um what about the rush bears they're historically a good team what's going on with rush this year rush they're saying they're a smaller team this year they're not going to be as competitive but they're still going to put out the best that they can do 
uh, Roos, they're a big team, but if they don't have that certain size, they're coaching. But they've got historically coaches there. They've got players that play that are coaching there. So you never know what type of dynasty could get built in any year. Mannington East, you know, they're they're kind of rebuilding. They're trying to see what they can do. It's a lot of toss-ups so far this year. Um, you need to look at Owendale. Uh, the Owendale Eagles, they've got a good running back. He's a sophomore right now, 1,200 yards and 19 touchdowns as a sophomore. He's a junior um, heading into next year. Or he's a junior this season. He's a junior this season, and they're going to try and get him some varsity numbers. They're going to try and put him on varsity, get him, you know, the transfer from JV to varsity is after week three, so he's going to be on week four. Do you want to put your junior running back after three losses on varsity and tell him, yep, come out here and compete. No, they're going to be looking to break you guys' backs. And um, it's going to be tough. I mean, those coaches are going to really be putting you in the weight room. They're really going to be looking for you to do extra things on the field. And if you're a junior, you really want to learn and develop with the players that are going to be here next year. You don't want to be so selfish. But, again, you do want to have those numbers and you do want to have the experience of the speed of varsity. But <sighs> Owendale can only get so far if they win three games or four games, or they have three or four losses. You're only going to get so far with that margin of growth. You've got to continue to recruit and transfer players in. You've got to continue to search for coaches. If you're Owendale and you've seen this conference for so long, you've got to continue to say, hey, Lane Flats fired coaches, Captor Capital's fired coaches, Torman Christian's fired coaches, Oakland Nines fired coaches, Predom's fired coaches, Southwest Predom's fired coaches, Gave a lot of fire coaches. Owendale's coach is the oldest coach that's been in there, and they're not getting ready to remove him. I like that. But at the same time, this coach is, he's got to expand his growth because if he's not expanding his growth, Owendale's not going to produce in the postseason. They'll produce now because it's a big drive. Everybody's driving. All those pulses are there. Once that postseason clicks, everybody's turning their minds and everything goes off, and it's just strictly football. And I don't think Owendale in that atmosphere can compete right now. Same thing with Malangu. Um, You look at the orange and blue and gold and white for Malangu Tigers, and you're like, yeah, this team is really, really sophisticated. And, yeah, they really are. They know how to put the ball in the air. They know how to score points. They've scored points big. They have the most wins in this conference against Predom. They have the most wins in this conference against Tormund. But Tormund's got a lot of teams shut down right now. They're a year one team. Predom's a year one team. When Predom and Tormund played for the conference championship, in year one, Tormund did not win. Now you're looking at Predom and you're looking at Tormund. You're saying, yep, I've got to play this football game. I've got to win this football game next week. And you look at Malangu, they don't look at it the same. They're not going to be able to compete. All right, let's take a look at the last conference we're going to do for the year 46 preseason show for the Country Football Star League. The superpower. People are saying it's the superpower conference of the North. There are other places that have other places. Um, but this is the Plains Metropolitan Conference. And let's take a look at the history of this place. I mean, you're talking about a rich history. Um, let's talk about first national championships. Year 36. Well, let's go. It started in year 35, really, with the national championships here. But it began in year one with as far as teams that were competitive. Um, year 35, Conydor, the Plains Metropolitan, played Avidogo North in the North Area Finals. Avidogo North won the national championship in year 35. So year 36 comes along. Avidogo North looking to repeat as a national champion. 
and Conyador is there again as a three-loss team. The same record as year 35. They came in with three losses in the postseason. Nothing but wins. Get to the area final championship. They defeat Avadogo North. Go in at year 36 in the national championship. And they beat the Sand Bay Jackrabbits in this miraculous quarterback with 80-plus total touchdowns and 19 interceptions. Because Conyador kept the football on the ground. They won the national championship. And people, as soon as they won, a lot of criticism happened. Conyador Panthers football can't pass, blah, blah, blah. Plains Metropolitan Conference is this and that. They can't do anything. Year 37, Watam Cougars of the Plains Metropolitan Conference just come in and sweep the entire national tournament and win the national championship. Watam and their famous, famous rivalry with Fountainfall Falcons. Fountainfall coming in year 41, winning the national championship after President Hill St. John, who has already won a national championship. And Southside Capital, who's already won a national championship. Fountainfall goes in when those teams were hot and they won a national championship. And they beat the Gate Void Panthers, who are still seeking their first national championship. But they were a team that had been knotted by the South to play Fountainfall for a national title. You're looking at this conference, the um, Country Football Star Tournament in year 43. Watam Cougars take home their second national championship. So the Plains Metropolitan, four national championships awarded to them. Uh, there have been some sad times as far as the uh, Plains Metropolitan. I mean, it hasn't always been easy. Fountainfall Falcons losing national championship in year five. Fountainfall Falcons losing national championship in year six. Pierside Pirates losing national championship in year seven. Fountainfall losing the national championship in year 11. And as we go upon the list, 20 years later, Fountainfall Falcons, year 31, losing the national championship. And you're really looking at this uh, entire situation as, well, you know, I don't think anybody is getting ready to jump Fountainfall in the Plains Metropolitan. It's been a 31-year run. Then you go into and look at the year 36, Conudor Panthers. Even Watam was expected to win the national championship at a 90% margin of growth, more than Conyador. So it was a huge upset when Conyador won that national championship. Uh, then you go to year 40, and Watam, who already had a national championship, won in year 37. They did not take home the national championship. It went to the Revere Huskies, a very, very tough, small-breaded conference team uh, that plays a lot of non-conference football in the South. They won the national championship that year, but... It's not all bad news. Year 5, National Player of the Year. Year 8, National Player of the Year. Year 10, National Player of the Year. Year 12, National Player of the Year. Year 13, National Player of the Year. Uh, year 18, National Player of the Year. Um, then you look around and you're like, oh man, it's been a huge gap. Year 37, National Player of the Year. Um, year 43, National Player of the Year. This is a tough conference. What's, what's it looking like for some of those boys that we love out of this Plains Metropolitan? Well... I'm definitely going to bring it up, and I'm definitely not ashamed to say I love Fountainfall Falcon football. They're the greatest team that I could ask for um, as far as winning a national championship and being a part of a historical program. It's been a long, long time, and I really appreciate it. Um, let's take a look. First, we've got the Fountainfall Falcons. Week one, they're at home against four leftover. Week two, they go on the road to take on uh, one of the... 
an unnamed ranked team. Then week three, they're at home against Conidor, a national ranked team. Then they're at home week four against Watam, another national ranked team. Week five, they go on the road to their rival Fountain Hills. Week six, on the road to East City. Week seven, they are at home against Howney. Week eight, they're playing Pierside on the road. And week nine, they're going to go to Man. They're at home against Manningson. So Fountain Fall looking at a tough schedule this year, but it's going to be also an easier slate as far as playing home games. What do you think? I'm looking at it and I'm seeing, okay, they've got what their schedule says is they're going to take on either predominantly white on the road or they're going to go and play Midland Heights on the road. So one of those teams, one of the two teams are going to play. And those are area-ranked top 25 teams, both of them, national-ranked teams, and the top 50, both of them. Then you're looking at Conyador, a national-ranked team, and the top 25 national-ranked team um, in the area, top 10. Watam, same thing. Both these teams are going to be... So you've got, if you're Fountain Fall, you're looking at four top 25 national-ranked games in the first four weeks. Week five, you go on the road to Fountain Hills, area national-ranked uh, top 25 team. Um, district top 10 team. Fountain, Fountain Hills on the road is not going to be easy. And it's a rivalry game. Then you got East City on the road. Nobody likes playing on the road. That's going to be hard for those kids. Then you got Howney. So you're taking a break. You got East City and Howney. You know, you can kind of fall back. But Howney's, Howney's been there before with Fountain Falls face. They can take Fountain Fall out the sky. Then you got Pierside on the road. That's going to be another hard game. Very hard game. Tough linebacking group for Pierside. Then you've got um, Week 9, Mannington. Could be. Fountain Heights. Could be. You don't know. This is going to be a hard, hard year for Fountain Fall. Falcon football. Nobody's going to enjoy it. But this is a national graded top 10 team. We'll see what happens. Then let's go to the next team, the Conyador Panthers. Week 1. Watam at home. Week two, on the road at Pierside. Week three, on the road at Fountain Fall. Week four, at home against Fountain Hills Beachside. Week five, they're going to Fountain Height, Fountain Hills. So week three, they're playing Fountain Fall on the road. Week five, Fountain Hills at home. Week six, Pierside Christian. Week seven, Fountain Fall Christian. Week eight, at home against Howney. And week nine, against Pierside Catholic on the road. What do you think? Conyador, put that ball on the ground. Continue to use that run game. 8-1 season. No doubt about it. 8-1 season, they're going to get tired. They don't have the experience that these previous teams that played at Conyador have. They don't have the drive. Conyador, they're sitting sweet. They're sitting in the driver's seat. They're, miss, they're, they're driving Miss Daisy right now. They're one of those teams that is not that are not going to be, quote-unquote, undefeated. But they're going to be one of those teams that when they end the postseason, people are going to look at them as an undefeated team because of what they have. And if they want to continue what they have... They've got to go 3-0 to the opening weeks. Then you can take a loss. But if you don't take out the first three teams that you play this year, Conyador in year 43, you're not going to be there. And if you want another postseason preview, you've got a week five home against Fountain Hills. You want to be a postseason team at home. You want to play those tough, fast teams. Fountain Hills, it's going to be you or them by week five. That's how Fountain Hills is going to go in this game. Looking at it, I'm not going to be surprised if Conyador gets the win. Yeah, another big time that they're playing football um, for County Order. Let's take a look at the Pierside Pirates now, the Plains Metropolitan. Week one for Pierside 
at home against Pierside Christian. Then week two, they're going on the road to Conyador. Now stop everything right there. Growing up in Pierside with all the yachts and the homes and the uh, six plus bedroom homes on the big, big lake. And then you've got the river behind the mountain, the hills and the downtown scenery and all the different shopping stuff. That's really cool for Pierside. But when you hit the road on Conyador, welcome to the real world. This is going to be a tough, tough game for them to play. Then you've got week three on the road at Ainge. Then you've got week four at home against Pierside Catholic. So if you're really playing conservative, normal Pierside football, you're looking at this through week four, I'm three and one. But if you really want to win that national championship and get those poise and get back, that's where Pierside wants to be. They could go 4-0 this year. That defense has to step up and stop that Conyador offensive line, the way they program those guards and tackles to move those and open those holes for that running back and for that quarterback to be that consistent of handing the football off and then late in the game throwing the football, waking everybody's eyes up and ears. That's what Pierside's got to stop. Uh, so let's go over the schedule one more time, and then we'll continue with our whole season schedule. So week one at home against Pierside Christian. Week two on the road to Conyador. Week three on the road to Ainge. Week four, they're at home against Pierside Catholic. Week five, they go on the road to East City. That's not going to be a too tough game, but hey, you're not wearing that legendary golden black for Pierside. People want to see you in the golden black. People want to see you in the black and gold. They want to see the whites jerseys represent victories against Conyador, not East City. You got to get that East City win. You got to get that Conyador win. Week six, they're at home against Fountain Hills, another playoff caliber team. It's going to be hard. Conyador, you got the experience. Fountain Hills is another team that's really pushing numbers. You can't forget about Pierside Christian though in week one. They really want to replace the community banner with the Christian banner of the community of Pierside. It's going to be hard, uh, hard fall game. Then you got week seven on the road to four left over. That's going to be a really, really good game. Four leftover. People do doubt the four leftover Wildcats. I'm not going to doubt them at all. I think that they have what it takes to defeat Pierside. I just am going to say that. If you're Pierside and you experience Conyador on the road, your eyes are in shock. You've got to play East City on the road. Then you've got to go to Angel on the road. That's a huge experience. Then you've got Fountain Four Leftover. That's going to be a hard game. Not to mention Fountain Hills is right there at week six and four left over week seven. So if you really are holding on to this rivalry, this history of Pierside, week eight, you've got Fountain Fall. It's not been easy so far. Then you've got Fountain Fall, a national ranked team. You're Pierside, an, an area ranked national team. You've got to continue to build off these games. I think Pierside going in this Fountain Fall game could have one loss, but you got to look at Fountain Fall and how tough their schedule is by week eight. Fountain Fall could have five or six losses. So you're Pierside, you're going in this game. Yeah, I can relax against Conyador a little bit, but it's not going to prove anything. It's not going to make my team any better because I'm only concentrating on a rivalry and not the entire thing. Pierside's got to grow up. They've got to grow up. In week nine, they play Hounie. So no Watam on the schedule this year. No Watam at all for them. You got to grow up. You've got to grow up if you're Pierside and say, yep, I really want to face these non-conference teams. I really want to do this and that. You got to beat some of these teams like Conyador. Four leftover, Fountain Hills, any year pure side can lose to these teams. This can't be the year. This can't be the year. Okay, we're going to take a look at two more teams in the Plains Metropolitan. Um, the Fountain Hills Warriors, they've been here in the postseason before. They've pulled some upsets. Um, take a look at this year's schedule for year 46. All right, week one, they're at home against Ainge. Then week two, on the road to East City. Week three, at home against Fountain Hills Beachside. Week four, Pierside Christian. 
uh, week five, they're on the road to Conyador. Week six, on the road to Pierside. Week seven, at home against Watam. Week eight, they're playing Fountain Fall, Christian. And then week nine, they're taking on Howney. So what do you think about that? Week five, they're actually Fountain Fall. Or week five, it's going to be... It can't be Conyador week five, is it? It is Conyador week five, Fountain Hills... Fountain Hills has them scheduled for, I think they're opening up week one. So I think that's going to be it. Week one is going to be Fountain Falls and Fountain Hill, Fountain Fall and Fountain Hills. So week one, Fountain Fall, Fountain Hills. There is no Fountain Fall and four leftover game for week one. Good for the Wildcats. They're safe from another national top team team beating them or trying to beat them. Hit them upside the head. Okay, then you've got uh, Watam. They're a national-graded top-two team. I'm not surprised. Um, as far as this area, in this part of the north, they're top-two. So, Watam, week one, on the road to Conyador. Well, it's it's year 46, so they're at home against Watam. Uh, Watam is at home against Conyador this year. Fountain Heights, week two, Fountain Fall Christian. Week three, Fountain Fall, week four. Week 5, Fountain Hall Catholic. Week 6, Pierside. Week 7, on the road to Fountain Hills. Week 8, Fountain Hills Beachside. Week 9, non-conference game. On the road to Avidogo North. What's going on with that game? They're actually going to be a tough team. Um, Conyador, Pierside, Fountain Fall, and Avidogo North. And the thing about it is they're looking to compete for a national championship. They've got the schedule to do it. Avidogo North. They don't usually take time out of their schedule to play teams non-conference. This is going to be a good year. Okay, and that's it for the Country Football Star Year 46 preseason show. We did four conferences today. We went over a couple players that we're looking at from this area, and we're hopefully we can get back and get some more places done and Hope you enjoyed the show. Have a great day.